everybody to the Sean Newman Podcast today in studios. I am uh, very excited to have my three brothers along with me. Um, this is something we've probably talked about since my college days for sure, about getting together and doing something like this and recording it. Um, if you've ever sat in a bar beside us, you probably have left because it usually ends in a heated discussion about Taylor Hall being the best player ever. <laughs> you're an asshole <laughs> right and so um just so uh, i thought i'd go around the room i got like i say the three brothers i thought i'd start with uh jason he's 10 years older than me and the way we're gonna do it is he's gonna introduce himself and uh, just say uh w- one of the first questions i wanted to do was their favorite movie from back on the days when on the bus with the boys and uh, just a, a quick well, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I, I put on my best hat, my best shirt. Wanted to look good, eh? Well, I see you decided to leave the sunglasses off. Well, I was going to look like the guy from Toronto. I can't remember his name, but a shout-out to him. And uh, and I realized it was radio and there was no TV, so uh, which is even better. So, uh, no, my uh, – uh, so I'm Jason Newman, the oldest brother. Uh, I got two movies in mind. One, and, and to be honest, I don't remember them from when we were real young because when we were real young – we were busy playing guts and poker, and and your favorite part about that was you always had the three or four guys that never seemed to win, and so they'd lose their ten bucks, which back in the day was a decent amount of money, and then they'd roll back to the front, get another ten bucks from their parents, and it was awesome, right? So I don't remember a lot of movies when I was, you know, <laughs> when I was in my teenage years or in my junior years with hockey. Uh, what I do remember is coaching because when you're coaching, you're at the front of the bus and you're watching movies past the time. So my favorite one is is the movie 300. I come off the bus after 300 and I'm ready to play. None of right. his players are jacked, but he's no, jacked. I, I am ready to go, right? So I'm walking the room jacked up trying to get my guys going. The worst movie though, and this is just for anybody out there that thinks they're going to coach, especially if you ever coach a girls team, is me and Troy Ferguson one time decided that The 40-Year-Old Virgin would be a good movie to watch on the bus. I'm telling you right now. With a group... Not- you thought with a group of young girls, a four-year-old well, well, virgin. Well, the girls were be... midget age, so we 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 just didn't realize how vulgar that movie is. And then once we got playing it, it's about a forty-year-old <laughs> virgin who hasn't lost his virginity. Yeah, how isn't that going to be vulgar? Well, I'll tell you right now, that's a very vulgar movie, and I would, I'm saying, do not bring that. I don't know if I'd watch that movie with a bunch of junior B guys, but so, anyways, that's uh, yeah, that's my two movies. All right, we'll move to the, the next oldest, Dustin. Uh, I'm three years younger than Jay. He used to beat me up when I was little and probably still would to this day. Um, Although you're now in Taekwondo. Uh, no, it's jujitsu. Right. And Karate. I'll kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, I don't have a movie in particular I want to mention, but anytime my mom was on the bus and there was any kind of nudity, it was the greatest thing ever because my mom <laughs> would just squirm. <laughs> and it was fantastic. <laughs> So Dustin likes movies with nudity. That's yeah, what I think. Right. Yes, yes, yeah. You're going to get a phone call after yeah, yeah. here's this. Sure. But for sure. And then finally we'll go to uh, Harley. He's the closest to me. He's three years older than me. Yeah. Uh, so the the few movies I thought of, honestly, it was uh, anything to do with Van Damme. Uh, blood sports were always uh, popular. And uh, as Colby Mann would say, Steven Skull, break your arm. So, uh, under siege, uh, executive decision, anything like that, uh, pretty much any the kind 90s of martial arts. Black. Oh, just the worst kind of martial arts. But uh, those were the type of movies that usually uh, we ended up spending a lot of time watching. Not the young bloods and the slap shots that a person would think that you would watch, 
because for the exact same reason uh probably mom learned her lesson along the way and a little bit too much nudity in, in those ones so they never made it onto our bus trips so i see nudity is gonna be a hot topic today <laughs> but in saying that actually it's uh it's interesting too right because uh uh when we were playing, uh, Kaiser was a big thing, and having King's Court in the back of the bus, there was one table, and so you won, you stayed. And everybody partnered up before the bus trip started, and you wanted to make sure you had a good partner because otherwise you might go a whole bus trip without ever getting back to the table if you lost that first time. So, um, But Kaiser was the big big game that we always played in the back of the bus. So, ah, Cool. Well... I'll tell you my favorite movie. In, in college, I got to play some college baseball, and that I was not very good. I, I rode the bench quite a bit, so don't get any preconceived ideas that I was an excellent baseball player. My wife will tell you different. She'll have a smile as she says it. But my favorite movie got introduced to me along those baseball road trips. Bull Durham, it was an old film with uh, Kevin Costner. He was Crash Davis. He was the old vet who'd come from the MLB down to the minors. And he was there brought in to catch for uh, Nick Lelouch, the, uh, the nuke. And uh, that was uh, a very young Tim Robbins. But one of my favorite scenes from the entire movie is the coach is going to uh, Kevin Costner. And like, how do I get these guys in? You know, like, they're not listening. He goes, they're kids. Scare them. So he walks in. He puts them all in the shower. And he goes, you lollygag in the infield. You lollygag in the outfield. You know what that makes you? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. <laughs> and then they go on a big winning streak. And yeah, that's fond memories. The, the bus, you talk about all the card games. Like, I was, we were on the bus there going to Metal Lake the other day. I don't think anybody plays cards anymore. They play cards on their phone. Heck, I was doing it. But... Back when we were really young, cards was the thing. You had one table in the back and 12 guys huddled around it and played. Well, I remember Kaiser. You were talking about Guts. Uh, those games are fond memories as much as the movies are. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. So before we get into uh, our topics, uh, I thought I might just shed some light on what we're doing here. What we're going to try and do is have a little roundtable about some different hot topics going on. Obviously, the NHL trade deadline was yesterday, and we're all diehard Oilers fans. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, uh, the owner of the, the the Patriots being a little bit. Uh, I don't even know the word, but <laughs> let's just be a let's good be frank. Him. Yeah, good for him. A billionaire getting caught doing that, and that's lovely. I'm sure he'll get away with it. And then uh, a little bit of basketball, a little bit of senior hockey, and uh, we'll see if we can keep you all entertained. Before I get into the first question, I thought I'd better give a shout out to uh, Frank in Wisconsin. He and his wife used to teach with uh, my wife, and I got a text yesterday saying that he's listening to it uh, to and from work, and he was excited about us coming on today, uh, the brothers. I thought it interesting, uh, Brian Nichols. So you have one person listening to That's it. right, one person. <laughs> I got Brian Nichols and his family listening to it out in Ontario. He's a, he's an RCMP officer out there. We used to play junior together, so a shout-out to them. And speaking, I, speaking of RCMP, I better give a quick shout-out to Officer Brennan uh, because he was the one that... Uh, uh thankfully did not give me a ticket uh but in turn uh have you bought those flowers because i sir as hell haven't received I, my I, steak I've, supper I've, I've i've uh fulfilled my due diligence here and i bought the brother's lunch so that was part of the deal i'm still waiting to get them i'm not sure why so. i got the wrap everybody else got a full foot long but <laughs> he's trying to tell you something <laughs> 
And then finally, I'll give a shout out to Alex Bruns. I graduated with him in college, and he tracked me down via my work email. He's working for the same. He's working for Baker with me, and uh, he started listening to the, down in Texas. So uh, we got people all over the place. I got three people at least, right, listening, but yep. they're all over the world. So uh, I thought that was cool to mention. All right. Well, first question is: the trade deadline was yesterday, and the Oilers didn't do anything. Now you could argue they traded Cam Talbot the week before and yada yada yada. But the two comments from Keith Gretzky, who's the interim uh, GM, was we're not willing to mortgage the future for today. And the second thing he said is I set a price and I wasn't willing to budge. So I thought we'd open it up there on what your thoughts on what the Oilers didn't do or maybe just on the comments he had. I will say this. I thought it was a disaster of a trade deadline for the Oilers. You cannot be out of the playoffs, have a bunch of mediocre players on your team, and not sell them off for whatever you can get. You can't set a price on the guys on your team. I got a list here of like 12 guys the Oilers could have and should have moved if there was a buyer. Read, read through. Brodziak, Cave, Chason, Cassian, Lucic, Raddy, Reeder, Benning, Gravel, Pet, Petrovich, Russell, and Manning all should have went if there was a buyer. Now, who, who, now, how many of them that you just read would actually have a buyer for them? Maybe they didn't, but you could have got rid of some of these. Someone would have taken a, a flyer on Chase on. So like you you're getting something out of that. So you could trade for, Chase on for a fourth, a fifth, a I seventh? I tell you what, you trade him for whatever you can get. He's a UFA at the end of this year. You move the guy. He was a one-year rental. Move him. You're not making the playoffs. You might as well get something hey, out of it. we're only deal. seven points out right now, boys. You're like, not we're, making the playoffs. We got a chance. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> you want to talk about playoffs? We did say Dustin would be the first to lose his mind. That's yeah. what the Twitter poll showed. There you go. Uh, I kind of the opposite of Dustin. I'm just, I'm happy after the three years of Shirelli, three or four years of Shirelli, that they didn't do anything stupid. And let because what's going to happen at the end of the year? They're going to go out. They're going to hire a new GM. They're going to go out and hire a new head coach. And can you imagine if this guy decided, hey, he was going to jump in the the Duchesne sweepstakes because then they would give him a chance to maybe resign him. And and next thing you lose your first round pick or he trades away Pully RV for somebody that might be good down the road. And Pully RV wasn't on my list. Yeah, but all of a sudden you're walking in as a new GM. And he's already done a whole bunch All of stuff. these guys are expendable. Every single one of them mean nothing well, think, to you at this point. But I think half them guys on your list, nobody would take. No, you might be right, but ha- there's got to be some, like, I, gravel, I would think uh, Cassian, Benning. No. Uh, from, from what someone I was, would take him for so a pick. From what trade, I was reading on, uh, on Twitter, uh, there was a few people that were interested in a few of the guys, but uh, none of the trades uh, winded out coming about because people found other people in other places. Well, so. and, and he said it in his second thing that I took. I set a price, and I wasn't willing to budge. I don't know if I've heard an Oiler GM say mm. that in how many years? No, but Every, I mean, they got really good value for Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Same when they trade away Eberle. <laughs> so maybe they should have just blown Cassie and Chase no, and everybody else No, 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 board. but you're talking about high-end players. These guys are third-line, fourth-line players. Yep. You move those guys. You can find the replacements for this in the off season. What are you, you gonna do? What are you, what are you gonna do with the last like? Well, how many games we've got left, boys? Now 20? 20, 25, somewhere in there. Yeah. What are you well, gonna I'll do? You, you trade off. You trade off Cass. I tell you, you what, none of the, none 20, of the, 20 games. Have left. you seen the Oilers lineup right now? What are they gonna do if they trade off these all that players? These players are not the reason you're making or missing the playoffs. They're the reason you're missing it. They're not good enough. You've got some high-end just, players uh, at the top, and the rest of the lineup's crap. Just to Nashville to a shootout. They're one of the best in the West. Yeah, one game. Without McDavid. Without McDavid. 
one game, whoop de do. And you know what's funny about the Oilers? They're actually starting to winning after they got their defenseman who can move the puck back. Mm-hmm. They got Clefbaum and Sakara back, and for the first time in like a year, they got players that sure. can so get the pucks to the So let's leave the group together forwards. see if they can make the playoffs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I should have had a bet on who would be the first to swear on the podcast. Yeah, that's, that's what I should have done. Yeah, I just didn't think that. Yeah, he said ass. I don't know wow. if that qualifies. Well, that doesn't really qualify because Jason no. is an ass. Well, we're in a modern <laughs> age. <laughs> I was I was hoping to find uh, uh, one of the guys on Twitter there uh, had a tweet out uh, talking about uh, the NHL, uh, the lineup for the Oilers uh, a couple of games ago and their current NHL experience. And I think uh, minus five forwards... Uh, everybody else has either played ECHL, AHL, or had less than 10 games in the NHL combined pretty much uh, through your bottom eight players as forwards. So Well, you don't, you don't need the rocket scientists. You of, look at their lineup, and after their like, top four forwards, man, they are just thin. Mm. I mean, they made a beauty trade in getting rid of that Kajula kid. He was, he needed to go. I guess. And, I mean, they picked up Manning, who's really just slaughtered right into your lineup. <laughs> I guess I. Here's Sean, the, if you're trying if, to bait, you can at least say something yeah. intelligent that uh, to make me think that you're actually saying something. I guess the other thing I thought. Well, about, I, I think you're finally starting to catch it. We're going to bait you the yeah, entire hour. I, I think the other thing for me was, I don't. You know what? I understand us. Okay, so you get a fourth round pick for Chase on, or, or something like that. It, it, that's fine. And, and I get the argument either way. I think for me it was either either they found a way to land a guy like Dougie Hamilton, you know, where they, they, they threw it. You know, I'm not saying Carolina want to do it, but they threw in Pulley, RV, and Benning, and, and they found a way to make it work. And then you go, yeah, that's a great trade. For them to do nothing and not pick up an extra fourth-round pick or something, I, I'm not that worried about it. I'm just glad that they didn't do another dumb trade here's, where they trade away here's, here's Hopkins. The, so, the, so our bar is set at right? not making a dumb deal is, is a success for the Oilers well, at this point? until the new GM gets there. Keith Gretzky might be it. He might be, but he might not be. While they're talking, the last time I saw Low Tide, he said that they he, they might actually keep Keith Gretzky if they go on a winning streak at the end of the season, which is funny because the GM has nothing to do with that. Probably have, uh, if they go on a winning streak, it'll have because Clef Bomb and Sakara come back. I just like that they come back. Okay, take a breath. Everybody take a breath, right? Let's come back. We get rid of the 20 games. I agree with Dust. They probably won't make the playoffs. If you happen to go on a run, great. But if they don't make the playoffs... And you sit there and go, okay, we still got we still got the draft day. We've got our first round pick. We've got all of our assets. They got the top te- one of the top teams down in the minors. Let's not go. Oh, we traded away Caleb Jones because we picked up Dougie Hamilton. And then somebody no, else no. comes in. Jones and goes, wasn't on my list, Jay. You're no, a GM of a team. I understand, but I'm just saying I'm not that upset that they didn't pick up a fourth round pick for Chase on. At, at the at the end of the at the end of it all, too, I'm not all that disappointed because. What are you realistically going to get for a guy like Chase on a fourth round pick? Chances you guys keep throwing chance. a fourth round pick. He's got quite a few goals this season. Could he's he got second on, or third? So he's been on the top line. So with you're sitting one of the there best as in the, in Saint the Louis. What are you giving for Chase on? I don't know. What would you give? I, I what, tell you what. Well, then, what would you give? Well, I know what I would give, and it okay, wouldn't be well, a second. But I don't know. Now I don't know what Columbus, the deal is. Columbus might have given a third for him. Damn straight. Did you see that all they have left is a third and a seventh? That's it for next draft. Yeah. Like, they are all in. Well, and I, well, let's go there. So that leads me to my second question. Who was the biggest winner of the deadline? And so just to give you some ideas here what went on, it was actually a pretty busy deadline. So Vegas got stoned. I'm not sure I love an eight-year deal, but, hey, well, that's neither here nor there. Nashville gets Simmons and Granlin. Columbus got Duchesne, Zingle, uh, McQuaid. Winnipeg gets Hayes. San Jose gets Nyquist. 
Now we're starting to go down the list. Dallas got Zuccarello, Colorado, Broussard, and Buffalo. I, you know, you talk, they got Montour. And for all the Toronto fans, they got Patan. That's right. So they didn't give up can't, can't forget about them Toronto fans. <laughs> no. And I put a side Jeez. note in here that I always like a team that doesn't do too, too much. And Tampa Bay, they're right at the top. They didn't go out and blow their anything, right? No. They didn't. They stayed pretty quiet. They're in front same, by like same with, points. I know. Same with Calgary. Calgary didn't do a thing. To me, the deadline winner was San Jose. They got uh, Nyquist for nothing. Like, you look at what uh, what what was given up to get Hayes compared to what San Jose gave up. San Jose gave up a second and a third for a guy who's going to have 60-plus points this year. you got to be kidding me. Personally, uh, I, I like uh, Vegas picking up Stone. I, I know it's an eight-year deal, but he's 26. That takes him to 34. That I mean, even... He should still be able to produce even by the time he's hitting his 33, 34th year. Uh, so I, I like it. All of a sudden now Vegas is, you know, they uh, they uh, did well when they first came into the league and they're stockpiled on draft picks and whatnot. But, I mean, to me, it's they're, they're taking another serious run here again. And I'm not uh, not opposed to Winnipeg and Nashville. What they did, like, man, that's going to be one hell of a series if they meet again because, oh, both teams again uh, at the trade deadline, right, uh, adding pieces and knowing that they need to prepare for that series, right? I just thought it was um, a trade deadline where it was just so obvious. I mean, it was just the teams that wanted to pick up pieces did. There was... You know, they, they acted like the Ottawa guys were blockbusters, but everybody knew they had to be moved. I, I, I actually thought that Ottawa did really well in the Duchesne trade to get what they got. They actually did not bad knew. in the Stone trade. That, yeah. def, that young defenseman, he's yeah. a 19-year-old playing in the AHL, and he's got like 20 points in 30-some games as a rookie in yeah. the AHL. That's that's pretty darn good. Yeah. Like, I mean, Ottawa, on the flip side, if you're a fan, you're sitting there going, well, you're kind of blew everybody out the door. Yeah. But I thought he got more, because I thought he did terrible in the Eric Carlson trade before. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to who, who made that trade again. San Jose. And uh, How do they keep it? making these deals? I know. Who's that? How, how Is that did, Doug Wilson? Doug, Doug Wilson. Wilson. Doug Wilson. Yeah. How did Detroit not get more than a second and a third? I don't know. That mystifies me. San Jose, or Dougie, must be just a, a whisperer because he's made a, be- a lot of beautiful trades like that where he has, you know, sold the farm to get whoever he needs. And that's what you want to see starting in Edmonton. Why? Well, not you're, you're not making four trades just to make four trades so Dust is happy at the table. <laughs> what you're wanting to do <laughs> is make quality trades, and sometimes quality trades is lack. Okay, right? so everyone keeps uh, ragging on me. Honestly, honestly, I didn't mind uh, uh, getting rid of... Uh, who, who did they trade for Gagne? I mean, all the, Spooner. Spooner. Uh, Spooner, yeah. right. Everlady. Everlady Gagne. Everlady Gagne. We no, drafted both it. guys. That, that worked out. Yeah. 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 It's all one big <laughs> fucking circle. <laughs> well, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, at, the same, at the same token, Elise Gagne is a proven NHL player who can play. Spooner was his Can you imagine, though? You're sitting there. We're running an NHL organization. And in the end, we drafted two guys. And down the road, we traded one for the other. Yeah. Right? Like that, we're, we're moving forward. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, and I wouldn't mind expanding the trade deadline to what happened before the trade deadline because there was some big deals. And you talked about Toronto getting Patan, and, you know, that wasn't a big deal. But them picking up Muzzin, I thought that was a great deal for Toronto and a need that they had, and they didn't give up that much to get them. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought L.A. did good on that one, though, too. And I, I guess there's some deals where you think both teams did well. Yeah. Right? L.A. needed to start to shed some age and, 
you know, and anytime you can get a first round pick, I think is a key, and that's why you're going back to the Nyquist with San Jose because San Jose gets him, and Detroit doesn't get that first round pick. Yeah, well, right? you give up the second to, and third. to build on that point. I mean, I think Ottawa did great uh, picking up uh, Granderson or whatever his name is there, uh, like. Um, Branstrom, you talking? Or Branstrom, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. A nineteen-year-old, he's going to be. They're saying uh, top one, top two, D-man for Ottawa in That's the future. That's what they're hoping. That's, yeah, yeah. It's got yeah. good potential. He's, he's got, got good very potential. good potential. Yeah. But man, what is? I remember it could, be, it could be Jack Hughes for Branstrom, but I what, mean. Yeah, or it could be Reinhardt. We could get Reinhardt in there. The, 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 thing, about, that, the thing, thing that bothers me about all of this, though, is what does Ottawa tell their fan base right now? Like, man. No, like, I don't know. I don't think it's that hard to tell. Listen, guys, we, we were rebuilding. At least they're – and now they're bringing in a bunch uh, that of pieces. Wasn't, that wasn't the, supposed to be the story. Hey, Melvin told them today they're this. bringing the cup to Ottawa. I don't think the Ottawa fans have a big uh, high bar for the Senators at this point because the owner is full-on crazy. Yeah. Right, like yeah. they got about a similar part of the oil group plans right yeah. now. <laughs> it's kind of oh, like... hey, we didn't screw up royally. That's a win. <laughs> how about how about this, guys? For a question, how many more seasons? This was brought in by by Colby and uh, Chad. They asked this one. They wanted to know how many more seasons can the Oilers be this bad before McDavid asks for a trade? Two to three. Now, let me let me just before <laughs> shut it. All right, here we go. 2005-06, they lose in the cup finals. This is the Edmonton Oilers we're talking about. Since then, 12-13, and I am including this season because I do agree. Even though they're seven points out, I, I don't think they're making it. So the last 12-13 seasons without the, without the playoffs, for, and for 11-12 of those that they didn't make, they had losing records. So they've been a bad team for a long time. I always joke that uh, um, they're the Cleveland Browns of the NHL. I looked up the Cleveland Browns. They've made the playoffs twice since 1990. So I just they've been in the league since 90. Because remember they they got booted out like they moved to Baltimore, right? They uh, it showed they actually had a decent stretch in the 80s. And then they moved to Baltimore. Sure. I don't know. And then they moved back. And and then they moved back. And then they moved back. Then abysmal. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. They've been terrible. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it's yeah. This is tough to talk about because I'm a diehard oil fan and we suck. But we do have the best player. So the one thing I'll bring us back to, because I had heard it probably two months ago, is they talked about Mario Lemieux, who arguably top five guy ever to play in the NHL. Top Maybe three. Top three? Sure. Top four. Mario missed in his first six years with the Penguins. He missed five or six years. The one year they made it, they didn't get past the first round. In that time, he won two Art Rosses, a Hart, a Calder, and a Lester B. Pearson. McDavid's only in his fourth season, and he's won two Arts, a Hart, and two Ted Lindsay's, which used to be the Lester B. Pearson, right? So they got similar track record, but their teams can't make the playoffs. So what I'm getting at here is Mario, after his sixth year, I believe his seventh and eighth year, he won Cups, right? Yep. So His first year was 84. They won the Cups in 91 and 92. That's right. So... Are we sounding alarm bells that McDavid's going to ask to get out of this place here in a year or two? Dustin says two or three. Um, or is there still time to right the ship and away we go? There's there's time to right the ship. They just need a GM who's your doesn't next, do dumb things. Your next hire is going to be huge. So who's your next hire? I wouldn't uh, mind seeing Mark Hunter. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. It, the, the interesting thing for me is Stevie Y is done with Tampa Bay. 
I don't know if you I've heard I've heard rumors that Stevie Y is going back to Detroit, which then pulls out Ken Holland. Is Ken Holland the right fit? I don't know, but there's a, a big big name player that's up, sitting out there. But right? if Ken Holland's still the GM in the Detroit Red Wings at the end of the season, because no, there's been no reports that he's not going to be right. Like there's rumor mill, but there's been nothing really serious happened just yet. So if Ken Holland's still sitting there. Can you get Stevie Y to come? Because Stevie Y, I'd sure I'd take him if he'd come. I don't. The only problem is, is I just don't know if he'll come. You pay a man enough money, he'll come. How about Doug Wilson? I wonder if he'd come. I think that'd be tampering. <laughs> I know. San, San Jose's got a really good it, it, team because he built it. It's, it's I don't funny think though because you, you look at teams that have, get have really good managers, and you think of David Poyle in Nashville, right? And so he's never won a cup, right? But they're always but every, in the mix. But they're always in the mix. And that's all you want. Is you just Same want a guy to get you always in the mix. And then because he's not on the ice. And uh, th- there's got to be guys out. I mean, we're, we're not just, we're not in the inside of that, right? So there's there's got to be guys out there that are well respected that they can bring in. Look at what Lamorello and, uh, and Trotz have done in New York. Well, it's it's yeah. ridiculous. I would yeah. say this is that if they promote Keith Gretzky to their GM after the season, I'll be very upset because they should be going around and checking. For who's available and interviewing all these guys before they make their decision. Yeah, fair enough, and they probably will. The interesting thing about Keith Gretzky is he does actually have a very good reputation. He has a very good reputation for scouting and for Who'd understanding he learn from? players. Uh, well, no, he didn't learn from Shirelli. <laughs> he ran under Shirelli for the last few years, Jay. Yeah, he has, but but Shirelli he, brought him in. But he was in a different organization before that. And and the one thing, if you listen to what everybody talks about, and if you look at their record, is their minor league team has been really good. Mm-hmm. And so um, sometimes sometimes there's stuff that could be... The problem we have with Sorelli isn't their minor league team. I don't even think it's their drafting. No. Anybody who wants to say that they wouldn't have taken Pugliarvi probably is lying right now. Yeah. I think the guy who took uh, Dubois from Columbus, somebody there, A, has a really good eye, and B, someone has some balls yep. to make that call. So I don't think the, the, the minor league team, the youth, the drafting, any of that is a problem. So then the problem we have with the Shirelli was just his trades. Yep. So, is, so already Gretzky's showing that, hey, I'm not going to be a guy that just does dumb trades because he does come with a good reputation for young guys, and he didn't get trained under Shirelli. He was with uh, teams before that. So I don't know. I'm not saying still do your interviews, and if Eiserman says, yeah, I'll come to Edmonton, I'm taking Eiserman or, or Ken Holland or David Poyle, or you can name the guys. But what happened if them guys aren't out there? Yep. Right? I don't know if I just want a brand new guy. Either. All I'm saying is the Oilers need to go around and talk to a lot of the guys that are close and decide not just pick. I, I'm hoping they just don't go, oh, Keith Gretzky had a good run at the end of the season. Let's just leave him there. Mm-hmm. That no, shouldn't happen. No, I know. I know, but it seems like all we've done is blown everything. I mean, right now the lines get changed every period. Oh, I know. That, that, that'd be awesome to play in, hey? Yeah. Well, when you've got crap on three lines you can keep switching it around because you got no choice it doesn't win you hockey games so hey carry on Sean my final one on the NHL well we'll do two more on the NHL I, I thought right now I'm looking at the standings and I go well, the Oilers are seven points out which in theory they're still there I'm putting it in quotations but I mean unless they go on a mad run here they they ain't getting in but who on the outside right now and right now in the East, the wild card is Montreal and Carolina. And Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and, and Carolina are tied for the last point. Wow. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. And then on the other side, you got Dallas and Minnesota. And obviously, 
Um, Colorado's tied with with Minnesota. But who do you think is going to be the team that isn't in right now and gets in? Or do you think anyone's going to jump over that? I I think right now, uh, I think Florida gets in and Montreal's out. Or Montreal's out, Carolina, Pittsburgh are in. But it's going to be Montreal's out for me. And I think the only one that's got a shot in the East that's not in Carolina-Pittsburgh territory is Florida. Just I don't think have, Florida's getting in. They have uh, the depth of the defense and everything. They just haven't played well enough. I think year. Carolina's getting in. I think Pittsburgh's getting in. I think either Columbus or Montreal's out. And on the other side, I don't know. I, it's probably Minnesota and Colorado to battle it out to see who actually makes it. I don't think anybody below them is going to even challenge. Yeah, who I do I think gets in between those two? Well, uh, we'll say Minnesota. How about that? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Colorado gets it. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm same boat as these two. I I. Uh, you think Pittsburgh's, it's Pittsburgh's that locked in now? Pittsburgh twenty some games to go. Well, you got, no, six, you got you got, got six, six points, points on one side. You got no Ottawa Senators coming to make a run like they did a couple of years Sean, ago. I'm Sean, saying I think like, Florida does. Florida, 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 Florida would Florida have made a run to. last year, and they're only eight points out. And if you look at that lineup on paper, they should. If they don't, then they're looking for a new coach. And if they want to get rid of the GM, Oilers will take it. Because if you look at that team on paper, it is pretty solid. I don't see anyone from Arizona, Vancouver, Chicago, Edmonton, Anaheim, or L.A. that can make a run Fair to catch enough. those teams, even though those teams aren't that good. Do you think with Chicago get Crawford back, do you think there's any shot that they can do her, though? Man, they're just they're so one-line heavy right now. Like Besides Kane and Taves. Yeah, they got the Brink Cat, and they got Brandon Sott. They're five points back. And now that they traded for Strom, he's been better. Five points back in 20 games. And then, they just, so you run and then they just got Crawford back in that. Uh, I just... To me, it, it, it's not okay, enough. Okay, you know what? I'm going to say Chicago. Yes, sir. There you go. Oh, you heard it here. You know, you know the lovely thing about this is, is in a couple weeks, well, I guess a month, we'll know. We'll get to look back on this when the playoffs are over and we yeah. do this again and and go, yeah, Jay, you had your head in the clouds, oh. or you'll get to rub it in everyone's face. Oh, by the way, uh, Ottawa's going to get last, so that's my big call. <laughs> Speaking of Florida Panthers, so last night, Roberto Luongo gets his 485th win, third all-time now in career wins in goaltending, behind Broder, 691, and Patrick Waugh, who's only 66 <laughs> behind. So that means he's third all-time in wins in the NHL. Does that put him in your top three goalies of all time? No. So if not, who's your guy that's in there? Dominic Hasek. Which is interesting because uh, Hasek does have, uh, was in the top ten for for shutouts. He's not in the top for wins, but I don't think he played enough seasons. Dominic Hasek started in the NHL at 29 years old is when he played his first season as a starter. He has the highest save percentage of any goalie on that he has six Vesna trophies that he won from 29 into his 30s. He has one Hart trophy, which none of these goalies have. 20% of his wins came from shutouts. And he played for a Buffalo Sabres team that was awful that he drugged to the Stanley Cup final one year. That Buffalo Sabres team was awful. No, but they had Michael Pekka. Yeah, exactly. Michael Pekka's like the only guy on that bloody team. And not only that, they won a Stanley, they won a, a Olympic gold. They stole the that Buffalo from Buffalo Sabres won Olympic gold? Dominic Hasek won it with the Czech Republic idiot, and it was all because of Hasek, because that Czech Republic team was not good, and he had to be all world to, to win the. You know what I remember about that one too, and wasn't that where the shootout was, yes. and they didn't let Gretzky shoot? Yes, 
Yeah. Right? I believe it was Ray Bork, wasn't it? Yeah. Dominic Hasek tied for sixth all-time for shutouts. And he started at 29. That's past his peak. I'm not going to argue with Dust because I kind of have the same opinion as him. So the only thing I'm going to say is what I find interesting is out of the top six goalies on the list, three of them haven't won a cup. The problem with uh, all-time wins and cups is it really depends on what team is in front of you. So you look at Roberto Luongo. He played for a Florida Panthers team that was not good for a lot of years. He was a really good goaltender. He played for Vancouver for a couple years. They were a little bit better, but not, you know. Okay, and I'll agree with you, but I will say with, with apologies to the guys that are a little bit older than me who remember the Terry Sawchucks and the Jock Plant because I never got to see them guys play. I will tell you right now that Patrick Waugh, did carry teams to the cup and yes win. yes he did montreal especially the right. first time and so you look at that list and you go marty Berdur has a longevity list right yeah. that's why he's there with the shutouts and the wins and he played on some very very defensive teams yes but when i look at that list i, I don't remember ed belfort care i mean he was probably played very very well in 99 yes. Dallas to win the cup right he was around for a lot of years you know what i mean but but when i see patrick waugh there was a cup especially with the montreal teams they were not favored to win the cup yes and that year he won the cup in 93 over the LA Kings. Uh, that year, all four teams in the semifinals were third place teams in their divisions, right? And then Gretzky dragged LA to the finals and Patty Waugh dragged Montreal to the finals. Yes. And and just like Marc-Andre Fleury dragged Vegas to the finals, but Patty Waugh won. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, the Vegas Golden Knights were a good team last year. They were year. good. Marc-Andre Fleury... In he my played mind, pretty if well. he wasn't if he wasn't there though, like I'm not saying Montreal was yeah. terrible, yeah. right? They had some good players too. They had the Kirk Mullers and the Damfus and different guys like that, right? But I mean, Patty, if you if you think of them two teams in '86 and '93, Patty yeah. was a big part. Okay, what's what's interesting to me is you know you're looking at the the top ten goalies here: Broder, Wall, Luongo, Belfour, Joseph, Longquist, Sawchuk, Plant, Mark Andre Fleury, and Tony Esposito. And then you look at all of their different trophies that they've won, and Mark Andre Fleury is the only one that hasn't won Jack Squat. Hmm. And you and know what? Longo's only won one Jennings. Uh, to be honest, I, I I have not been a Fleury fan up until he got traded to Vegas, and up until this point, uh, it, like you're looking at uh, goals against average too, like two two fifty seven. Man, that's you look at the rest of them. There's some that are a lot. Save percentage than is a better measure for a goalie than goals against oh, average. Fair enough. So. Here, but here. Mark Andre Fleury played with a lot better teams, I think, than, than yes. But the Marty Pittsburgh Broder Penguins had, were Patty offensive Wah. juggernaut. Juggernaut, and you remember yeah, those series top? Yeah, what, they traded chances like nobody's business. Just for the 20 listeners that are going to listen to this thing, um, when I look at the top six, if I go back there, the interesting thing because you guys can't see it. So the three guys that did not win a cup, Luongo, Curtis Joseph, and Lundqvist, each had one trophy, period. They didn't win a Stanley Cup. They each won one trophy. And we're talking the Vesna, Jennings, Calder, Smythe, Clancy, okay? Hart's not on there, but Hasek won that. Fair enough. So out of the three three guys in the top six, Berdur won three cups. Three cups. Five Jennings, Mm -hmm. four Vesna, and a Calder. So that's uh, 13 trophies. Paddy Waugh. Four, four cups. Four cups. Two Smythe, two Five Jennings, three Vesna. So that's uh, 14. And even Ed Balfour, right, where he only won the one cup, but still had a Calder, four Jennings, and two Vesna. So he still had eight. And the other three, Luongo, Joseph, and Lundquist, one each. 
So everybody says, you know what, winning is just a team. And okay, fair enough. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of interesting. Well, that's why I brought up Hasek. He had six Vesna trophies. Right. That's insane. Oh, and I brought up the Buffalo Sabres team that went to the final that year. Like, you need to read this list because it's ridiculous. Was Miro Chatan on there? Miro Chatan. See, Mom didn't like that team. No, no. He's <laughs> the devil. Miro Chatan, Mike Pekka, Michael Grossick, Curtis Brown, Dixon Ward, Brian Holzinger, Vaclav Verata, Jeff Sanderson, Wayne Primo, Eric Rasmussen, Rob Ray, Candy, Randy Cunningworth, Paul Cruz, Dean Sylvester, and Dominic Pittis. That was the team that he drugged to the Stanley Cup Finals. Curtis Brown's from Unity. Played against that guy. But <laughs> if you look at all those players, though, like, you want to talk about a guy, you know, how did they even get would, there? Would uh, the Anaheim Ducks win Jazz Jaguar be similar to that team? No, they had... Uh, no, they had, no, they had uh, Solani. Solani and, and Korea. Korea. And Perry. No, and they, they when had, when Jesse when they lost, not oh, when they won. When they lost. Well, didn't they Never. have Scott Niedermeyer and Pronger when they lost? Uh, them with that I team? don't think they had both those guys. I think the first year that Anaheim picked up Pronger, they won the cup. That year that J.S. Jaguar went to the finals, lost in the finals to New Jersey. He won the Conn oh, yeah. Smythe that year, and that team had no business being there. Right, you're right. Getzlaff and Perry were on the cup winning team, but I don't know if they were on the team. I don't think they there. were on that team. I, don't I think... would trade all these guys from that Buffalo team for one of the You know players what's surprising that... is, you know what's surprising <laughs> that year? When they had Hashik, that they didn't start trading away some of them guys for fourth and fifth round picks. Hey, Jay, they were in the playoffs at hey? that point, Jay. They were in the playoffs. <laughs> all right, let's 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 switch topics here. Let's get off the NHL. We're probably bored a few people out there. Maybe they're having a good chuckle. I don't know. Um, I was talking to Marty yesterday, and he mentioned Kawhi Leonard. He's played 44 out of 61 games for the Raptors this year. Uh, this is the the theory that, and it start you start to see a little bit more happen in the NBA specifically, where the superstar doesn't play every single game. He plays majority of the games, but sparingly. Two thirds. Yeah, right. LeBron James is pretty much a beast, and he's probably one of the exceptions, right? That guy just plays. Well, I mean, he did get hurt this year, but. I was curious, like, as a fan, you pay the money to go watch, and then Kawhi's not playing, or whoever it is. As a fan, are you pissed, or are you happy that, if you're a fan of that team, uh, that your coach and organization is doing whatever, in my opinion, it takes to win, right? Because if Kawhi's healthy in the playoffs, the whole point of him being there isn't to see him play 60 games, it's to get to the end title at the end of it. And in order to do that, you need a healthy... I got two quad, questions. Right? How old is Leonard right now? Because to me, he's it's not been in the that league old. seven years, I think. So what does that put him? Mid-20s? Mid-20s? No. It, mm, to, me, to me, what that's telling me then is a, a mid-20s guy, you're not resting because he needs the rest. You're talking about the Spurs use that tactic with an aging team. This is this guy should not need the rest. What what that's telling me is something else. He's twenty seven years there. old. Yeah, so mid twenties. Right. So what that's telling me is there's something that's going on there that they're not letting on about. Well, he's no, got he had, nagging, he had, he's got a nagging injury. He had the or injury got, last season with the with the Spurs where he missed three quarters of the season. Right. That. Uh, I don't know what even to call it. Something to do with his leg where he just keep come back for a few games and then miss a bunch of games right now. I think he only played 27 games last year, right? So there's definitely injury concerns there, right? The thing about the NBA, it's different than any other sport and the superstars dominate and win you series, essentially. You can have one player that wins you the whole series. So do I got a problem Case with him point, sitting? LeBron. Exactly. Do I got a problem with him sitting? No. 
even if I was paying to go watch, no, because you've got a much better chance of winning the winning the whole thing is if if he's healthy and healthy in the playoffs. Yeah, I guess I uh, I come from the hockey side of things. You see it in in football in different places. You you just I I wonder about the teammates and everybody else. Like how you're now you're just so one guy's more important. You know, to me, you're trying to build a team over the season where everybody slowly comes together and you're a band of brothers and you get to where you will take a bullet for the guy or block a shot or take a hit to make the play. And that comes from caring and, and coming together as a team and an M team's pinnacle and you get a little bit lucky injuries and you get a little bit lucky where that one went off the post and in rather than out and you win a championship and there's not a better feeling. And... How are you building a team where this guy doesn't have to play every game because his foot's sore, he's been a Band-Aid in the past, or, you know, his, his attitude is is that he's... How can he have the attitude where I'm a leader of this team, this is my team, we're going to go out and battle every night, but I'm going to sit on the bench, boys, because I'm really more important than everybody else here, and, and we want to win a championship here because Toronto's really important to me, especially when probably I'm not going to be there next year. I just, you know, I don't know. It's just not my style. So, so maybe this is going to be awesome. Toronto's going to win. You know, team of the North, they're going to do it. I just, eh. That's where I'm at with that. <laughs> We're going to go on to football. Because I've never been a huge NBA fan. So let's go into football and what... Obviously, Patriots win again. Brady's the best. I don't think there's any argument there. But I got a text from the boys last night. Why the Patriots always cheating? Deflate gate, taping other teams' practices, and now on their wives with hookers. You would think if you're cheating one of on their wives. <laughs> you would think if you're <laughs> one who signs Tom Brady's checks, you could do afford to, to not get caught. <laughs> I don't know what my question is. I just find it humorous that a 77-year-old billionaire got sting operation caught by the cops with a rub and tuck, essentially. And I'm going, if you're Tom Brady, does that sour you? Where you're like, eh, I don't know. doesn't move the needle for Tom Brady. doesn't move the needle for Tom Brady? The guy kissed him on the lips after he won the Super Bowl. I don't think he cares. Well, that moved the What? I didn't know that. I, I don't know. They keep winning. Does Tom Brady care? That Does is, that affect his day-to-day life? I don't think he cares. How, many, how, how much of the general population cares about that story? Uh, do you care? I really don't. I, 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 I'll tell you what. If you're living in, in Boston, New England, and they win the Super Bowl, could you give a, a flying F about whether or not the owner of the team is out getting a rub and tug? A rub and tug? Not a chance. They, you they are say pumped that they, they won. They... At the end of the at the end of time, they're gonna look back and go, "The Patriots won that year." Oh, but do, hey, do you think, he got a rub and tuck. Do you think Come they're on. in the dressing room laughing about it? No, right? yeah. like, oh, for sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get the question: How did he get caught? Who does it? I don't know. I, I have no, I have no idea. Next one. I bet you they knew about it, right? They're probably like, "Oh yeah, Rob's going back into that his, his special place." Probably the home from one to two. Probably the the first time he walks down and walks into the dressing room, I'm sure that uh, all the boys would be giving him a hard time about yeah. it. But let's switch to some local. I I'm a big senior hockey. I've been playing now back here for Hillmont now for this will be my eighth season. We're right in the middle of playoffs. We're up three games to two on Metal Lake currently. It's been a very good series. Um, and I got talking to actually Doug Politeski about it after we won there in double overtime just this past weekend about when he's going to retire. And 
And he said, and I think I quote here, uh, I will retire when they tell me to stop showing up to the rink. And Doug is 36, I believe. And I, I love that answer from Doug, right? That's a guy you don't have to convince to come to the rink. He's he's there all in, right? And uh, and that's what he does for a high, right? He comes and plays hockey and, and battles with the boys, likes to be in the dressing room. Now, you three have all played senior. Jay, you played in Kid Scotty. Dustin, you played in Kid Scotty and Hillmont. And Harley, you played in Hillmont. Jay did play one game in Hillmont. Yeah, Jay say. did. I, I want to say that <laughs> he got laid out. He had a beautiful giveaway. I, in I, I, will, I will say that uh, right now I'm the only brother who uh, at 40 played a senior game. So we'll see if uh, Sean and Harley get there. Dustin, chances are, unless he joins on for a game. Uh, I just want to put a little story out there, too. So I, I suit up. you got to understand, I'm wearing shoulder pads for the first time in 10 years, and I am scared to death, right? I'm going around just trying not to fall and warm up. And uh, so I get on the bench. I don't care if I play two shifts, period. This is this is a far cry from midget. I, I could care less. So I get out there, and I had a couple of great instances. One where I was going to – I picked up, kind of got the pass. I'm in full speed in my mind, right? So probably going about <laughs> a quarter of what senior speed is. And I cross the blue line. I'm just going to shoot, and Dustin yells at me, hey! And so I look, and then I, and then I look. I should have just shot, and then somebody ran me over that I used to coach, Right? So that was great. Come back to the bench. Everybody's laughing. And I'm just trying to be a fourth-line mucker. Like, every time someone gets it, even Dad gave me crap after the game. He says, like, if you're going to run at somebody, you're going to be – you can't just run from the blue line because they see you coming. I said, I'm just trying to be an energy guy, right? Never been an energy guy in my life, but I was trying. So we hit the um, – so we hit the second period. So I could run over in the first. Second period comes along. And and there was a guy coming back. I got the puck in my, in my own zone. Everybody's gone. I don't know where I was doing that. I don't know if I was just late joining the play. What What's going on here? I get the puck. Two guys are on me. I see it. one of my own teammates skating back. So I flip the puck towards the middle of the ice, and he skates away. <laughs> now let me give you the perspective from the bench on that one. Jay's along the ball and does a no-look behind the back pass out into the middle and gives a guy off the opposing team a breakaway. Nobody was pressuring him. He was by himself in our zone. <laughs> To be fair, I felt pressured all game. <laughs> so I, uh, so, so I do that. I so I was lucky. Makes a great coach. Well, so I was player. lucky in the third in the third period. I, I, you know, Kobe and so Kenny Rutherford was missing. I don't know where he was. And so first game of the season, and Kobe McDonald's uh, coaching. And for all you know, I coached Kobe for a couple years in junior B. And so he's behind the bench, right? So Kobe was gracious enough to his old coach to give him a, another shift in the third. I got a shift in the third. Went in there, causing a lot of havoc. Drew a penalty. 3-2 game, I draw a penalty, right? Feeling pretty good, come off the ice, McDonald sits me on the bench. I know he'd been waiting for that time for like three years. Newman, you're done. So because Kobe was by himself, I kind of stepped back and helped him coach for the last 12 minutes. <laughs> that was my one senior game. And now I look at the board, and on the Hitman board, it's got Jason Newman, one Wait. game, nothing. Like, I wish I would have tripped somebody. Like, if I get a chance to play one more game, I'm just going to literally go to a guy I know on a different team. And I, you know, if it's Benz Miller or Getzinger or somebody, I'm just going to go, I'm going to trip you, right? If I don't get called, I'm going to do it again until I get a penalty. Please I, don't I'm, hurt me. Yeah. I don't want anybody to, you know, think I'm trying to rough them up or nothing. I just need two minutes, right? For the record, that game, I think Harley and me had two two-on-ones, which I fumbled both times. So I'm thinking that Jay was holding us back. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure, sure it was. Yeah. Pretty hey, they wouldn't pass me the puck. I probably would have put it in. That uh, was we, a, we couldn't find you. That wasn't cool game, but we, got, uh, we had all five. Newman. We had us three, or us four, and Nate was my D partner. Yep. So we actually had five, five Newmans dressed for, the, for yes. that one game. Yeah, it was yep. a lot of fun. The question I was going to get to was at what ages did you retire, if you can remember, 
And do you wish you played longer? And the reason I'm going there is, is right now I'm 32, and I keep getting, I said it on the last podcast, or two podcasts ago, that I go around the league, and uh, the refs always call me old boy now. I, I know I look like a grandfather, but geez, I'm not that old. And, uh, and I'm playing with a bunch of young 20-year-olds now, and I mean, there's a, a, a few that are close to my age and a couple that are past me. But as I start to have kids now, and I've talked to Dad about it, and I asked him about it, it's like, when do you retire? And so my first question is, what age did you retire? And then, do you regret retiring at that age and wish you would have played longer? I retired at 34. I had two kids at the time, and I'd actually hurt my knee. And that was between my body not being there, and I didn't feel like it. Well, guys are starting to catch up to me. That was part of the problem. And then my knee was not 100%, and so I didn't feel like wrecking that. And having two kids at home, just a combination of all those things, I was like, eh, I'm going to retire. Now, what's funny about that is the next year I actually coached. So the kids at home, I guess, didn't affect it that much. But but uh, it was a combination of those things. And no, I don't regret it. I, I uh, Well, we won when I was 33. He doesn't remember. Don't remember. <laughs> uh <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Game 7 got absolutely, uh, from what I've been told, ran from behind, legs pulled out from under me as I'm going to the boards, and made it to the bench. Dustin says, you alright? Yep. Went back out for the next uh, shift. Absolutely KOs a guy in the corner. The, yeah. the same guy that I, that actually... Uh, That's what he remembers, yeah. That actually took me. Uh, from what I found out that that was the guy, that guy never played another game after that actually either. Um, but uh, we ended up winning that game. Sat at home uh, counting stars, I think, for the next week on the couch. Uh, went back and played the next season. And... Just we we had uh, a boy on the way, and I just went. You know what? If if something like that happens to me again, uh, I, there's there's other things that are more important. More important. So and what age what age were you at Harley then? Thirty four when I. When and I so have you regretted it since not playing? No, but at the same time too, do I still want to win that championship? Absolutely. Yeah, while well, you're back coaching, and so right? that's why I'm I'm here coaching. You, you want to remember this one. I want to remember. Yeah, right. but the funny thing about that is, are you actually going to remember? Because I'm pretty sure the last time that we won, there was a party that lasted I was foggy, but six I remember so. nice chunks of Fair it. Enough. I don't remember most of that night, for the record, after the party started. Went <laughs> 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 too many shots of moonshine. I, uh, well, the funny thing with Harley, too, is... There's actually no picture of him winning the championship. So. <laughs> Was he actually really there? It's going to be the ongoing question for the next 40 years. Um, I retired when I was 21. And um, uh, I retired because I had a couple kids. Um, but I, personally, I wasn't in a great mindset back then. I'd, um, I think partly playing minor hockey, I, I played a lot of top line minutes. And I didn't learn to be as good of a team guy and I didn't have as much character back then and I uh, struggled with it right so I played a little bit of actually a little bit of triple-a senior in Innisfail and you know again I just couldn't I, I, I just couldn't handle I just I just didn't have the ability or the maturity back then to handle the fourth line minutes and uh, you know um, let it go right and uh, I regret it I, at the same time because I we tired so young, then I started coaching, and because of some of the people I've had in my life when I was younger, 
you know, I'd learned a lot without even realizing it, right? You know, getting coached, you know, between Dad and Gord Redden and Frank Mabletoff and, um, you know, and then Dave McLean and Ball and, and guys like that. I mean, you, I had I had so much knowledge inside of my head from them guys that I didn't even realize. And so you just started it. You don't realize it. You're just out there. And then, of course, you got to learn a ton of things on the flip side about dealing with people and dealing with situations and and as coaching went along, I just really got to enjoy it. So I don't know if I really regret retiring when I did. I know I'm, I really enjoy playing with the noon hour guys now. And I enjoy playing with the Never Sweats. I enjoy playing a ton. Uh, but I don't look back and go, well, if I would have pushed hard, I could have, you know, I probably was of that age group, maybe, you know, play for an Allen Cup or play with the Border Kings. And I, I don't really have that regret. I enjoyed coaching the kids. I enjoyed the, everything I've done. So, Which brings me to my next question, and we'll go around the same way. Is uh, so now you both, all of you have played good hockey, and you've all coached good hockey. What did you prefer? Uh, was one you preferred over the other? And the reason I ask is uh, uh, Shay is my boy, and then Mila, uh, my girl. They're you know they're slowly getting closer to the minor hockey ages, and uh, it's kind of daunting to think about possibly coaching. I've never I've never I've played all my life. I I haven't coached a single team. Not saying I don't have obviously the knowledge there, it probably is, but it, it uh, it's intimidating to me. And uh, you've all coached and played, so I was curious. Uh, do you find do you like one or the other? Did you like Jay? You coached an awful lot. Do you enjoy that more than going and playing, or or Dust or Harley? Right? Like, was there one you liked over the other? Um, I mean, a guy loves playing. Right, and that's why you enjoy the games because you loved playing. Um, but I did enjoy coaching, especially if you get with the right coaching group. I always said you'd go to the rink and for two or three hours, you know, at game time, the whole the rest of the world stands still, right? And so, uh, you know, you can get a lot of adrenaline, and we'd be in a big game. And if you won a big game, you could walk out and you were dead tired, and you didn't even feel like talking to anybody. And so, so it's a different type of adrenaline rush. I don't know if it ever takes the place. Of playing because that's what we all did. That's what we all loved, right? But I, 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 uh, I enjoyed the years I coached for sure. The, uh, I mean, Jay hit it on the head, right? I mean, you play because you love the game. You're, you're playing to play, right? And and you want to feel like you're making an impact in that game, right? I mean, uh, I think of uh, when we beat. Uh, Dewberry, they're the one game, and there's like a second left on the clock, and I pass out to Noble, and Noble scores to win us the game. That game, right? Like, that's that's a memory I'm always gonna have, and that's such a a cool thing. You know, those are the moments you live for, right? At the same time, too, uh, life happens, and do I uh, enjoy coaching? Absolutely, right? I mean. It, you're right with the guys again, right? It's a just just a different uh, perception on things, right? And um, I, I I now coaching. I'm sure that I'll coach the rest of my life, right? And and I'm really excited because I got my boy coming up too, and and he's already talking about you know I'm I'm going out to coach you guys uh, hockey. And he goes, when when are you coaching me, right? And and you know that's the stuff that you get excited for after the fact, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's just a different thing, right? It's a, a different beast rather than playing. And will I play? I'll always play, right? But I do got a good story about my son. 
I've coached him two years in hockey and actually one in ball and one in soccer so far. And uh, no one, there's like a couple practices in a row where he was just mad at me because I would tell him something or, you know, you have to keep the kids together, especially at initiation because they're kind of, they don't listen all that well. And so the one time I had to kind of bark at him and he got mad at me and didn't talk to me for a couple of days. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I just won't coach next year. He's like, well, don't do that. So it's, it's kind of funny because you think, you don't think he appreciates it, but you're like, well, maybe I just won't coach. He's like, no, 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 I want you to coach. I just don't like it when you get mad at me <laughs> kind of thing. Um, which do I prefer, playing or coaching? Uh, I love playing. I think probably I'm a better coach than I am a player when it comes to competitive hockey, something like senior or, you know, with body contact, just because of my body size when it came to playing. I, I, uh, I always struggled with the physical aspect of it because I was so small. Um, and I think coaching comes fairly naturally to me. Um, and I've had some, as Jay mentioned, I've had some fantastic coaches when, when I was coming up through the ranks. So, I think uh, the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, for as much as, as Dad coached Jay and, and Dustin, not so much Sean and I, uh, Dad was always grilling us whether yeah. he was coaching us or not anyways. We'd be out on the ice, and why are you doing that? Right. Well, you used you to come. Watch your shoulder. Watch the. You know, we're we're playing uh, D and and I'm learning how to play D uh, first year peewee, and Dad is out on the ice when we're out playing Helmon, sneaking onto the the rink, and Dad's going, "What are you doing? You're you're looking at the puck. You need to be watching his shoulders." And and I can remember for like a half hour, Sean coming down on me, and and Dad just sitting there watching me and and making sure I'm doing what I should be doing. Dad right? was so telling I mean, me he used to yell at me as a hog when I was a kid. I don't remember that at all. I remember uh, sitting in the hockey night in the Newman household, that we used to call it, where he'd uh, take you play-by-play play through like little drills in the living room, on the floor, on how you can escape big guys coming in on you, using the net and, and stuff like that, which... Ironically enough, maybe not ironically, but he said he owes all to Gord Redden. He said without Gord Redden, he wouldn't have known any of that stuff. So I'm supposed to tell Gord the next time I see him, which will be in a couple of weeks here, that uh, I owe my my prowess behind the net and around the, the puck to Gord because that all came from him. So, yeah, I don't know. Actually, the funny thing I think about with, with mom and dad is uh, you could if you had a game, as, as long as you got a point, mom thought you had a great game. Didn't matter. You could have played the biggest dog crap game you've ever played. You got you got an assist because you bounced it off the wall on your own end, and somebody went down and scored and got an assist. Yeah, you played a great game, right? And Dad, he'd lose your mind. Then they'd start fighting in the front seat of the van because Dad thought you didn't play very good. Vice versa, you could have no points. Dad thinks you played great. Mom's mad all the way home because you didn't get a point, right? <laughs> so I always think and, and, and you know what? Like even even those uh, trips home from the games, right? Even uh, you know, Dad not coaching. You get back into the van for the drive home or whatever, because back then we, yes, we drove minivans everywhere, uh, five of us. But uh, I mean, there was always he would always say one or two things that you could work on and improve on, right? But he also did mention the the one or two things that you did really good throughout the games that he saw improvement on as well, right? So, I mean, uh, we were constantly coached, and maybe that's why. All three of us, uh, so far, anyways, uh, not you yet, Sean, but I mean, that's probably part of the reason why uh, we all enjoy coaching as well, is because we're constantly coached throughout our lives, right? So, 
Well, here, I got. I can see us all slowly starting to tire. We got Bill in here doing sound, and he's been gracious enough to sit here and listen to us yahoos. So I got two fun ones left. Okay, so I sent out a picture of us yahoos for this one, and Brewman commented. He said, how about you tell the story of where that picture come from? And uh, and see what Dustin's thoughts and everyone else's Who's going to tell that story? Well, I don't know. Would you like to tell that story? Well, I can tell the story, sure. Sure. All right. Well, I'll, tell the story. Wanna, I've, I'll preface it by this. We're in the middle of, right now, today, we're in the middle of playoff hockey. And during the playoffs, at the start, you always go, nobody book holidays in February or March. Because you don't want to lose a hockey game due to holidays or a trip well, to the wedding game. I don't think anybody actually game. said that out loud until Harley decided to book his wedding then. Well, no, I remember I remember Harley booking his wedding then. And I remember me and Brad Simons talking about it. And Brad's like, like, what is your brother doing? And I said, listen, man, we get to the finals, we'll worry about it then, right? The picture is from my wedding, just so everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, so, so it's so the four of us partying at Harley's wedding in Mexico. I carry on, Dustin. So, so Harley books his wedding early in the year. We end up making the, Stan- the Stanley Cup, the the Senior League Finals, the Saskatchewan Sask Finals. finals. Yep. Uh, I'm coaching. Harley and Sean are playing, and we play the first two games, three games. No, two games. First so two so games. we lose first game. We lose game one, and game. And I always like to tell we lose game one to Dewberry, and there's about seven of us that stay in the dressing room and uh, have a couple sociables because in the senior and I. I I'm always curious if NHL players. How do many? It. How many? Players how many championships had uh, seven in a row? Seven, seven in a row. row. So we sat in the dressing room after we lose game one because we didn't play a bad game. So we sat and we drank till you know one or two in the morning. And the day after that is what they call playing guilty, because you now you've gone out and partied the night before essentially, and you're a little bit hungover, you're a little bit groggy. And we came out and we won game two. And as I recall, uh, three of the seven guys sitting in there all scored. And we won four one or whatever it was, right? And I always chuckle about that, and I tell the young guys sometimes you got to play guilty, right? Like you just you're taking it, you're, you're thinking about it too much. So if you're down, and we've used this tactic a few times, uh, and Elk Point's been the brunt of that tactic several years in a row now, is if you if you're struggling, you go out and you, and you you know, have a couple of sociables and you let off a little steam. The next game you come and you play a little guilty, and and it's worked well for for us. But we're tied 1-1, and then we leave. So we're going to go to finals against Dewberry, who's seven-time champ. They're our arch nemesis at the time, and it's the first year we've made the finals. Yes. So and the, we haven't won. Coleman hasn't won in our 37 captain years. And Doofus Harley have to go to his <laughs> wedding in Mexico and miss games three, four, and five. We have a great time in Mexico. Three, three four. Three, three, four. Four. three, four. Sorry, 30, three, four. You want to tell the story or do I need to tell well, the story? I don't story? know. Do you want to tell the story? So we go, like, holy crap here. <laughs> tell the story right here. Like, we miss games three and four. They so we, we fly out, we, we schedule it properly, so we miss games three and four. So we, we fly down to Mexico, we have a grand old time. That's where the picture comes. We're all having a blast at the wedding. And, uh, and but we, the games haven't been played yet. We don't know who's won. I don't know if there was no Twitter or what we were doing, but no we're texting. We were texting. We knew we were down uh, two games to one. That's right. Because when we landed the plane, we found out they lost right. game four, and we we're down three games to one. So, so we're on the plane. We know we're Who's down two games to one, and we're and we're playing in Dewberry that night. And so, as we're landing, me and Dustin flick on our phones, and we're about ten seats apart, and we're slowly getting text updates, and you can hear them dinging, dinging. Oh yeah, yeah, one nothing us. All right, no, nope, it's one one. Fuck. All right. The two on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back in like three one us. All right. Three two. No, no. We still got it. We still got this. Three three. Four three. We lost. Fuck. You can hear it across the entire plane, right? And it's just silence. And then you kind of look around and you're like, ah, oh, 
sorry about that, guys, right? <laughs> so now we're sitting there. We're down 3-1. Harley's on the butt end of everything because now we left for games 3 and 4. We're down 3-1. We come back, and that's where that picture comes from, is we're sitting there partying at Harley's wedding. Unbeknownst to us, we get back, and we're now down 3 games to 1. Now, our only saving grace is we win game 4 or game 5, we win game 6, and then we win game 7 on home ice. Let's, that- let's be honest here. Uh... The saving grace is obviously getting the three Newmans back because I mean, <laughs> right, they, right. Without yeah. without the three Newmans, right? I mean, you know what the the probably the cherry on top is for most guys. They 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 use this against us all of what not to do when playoffs comes. Don't do what the Newmans did because you don't leave in the finals for a wedding. Who gets married then, right? But Harley gets cocky in Game Seven and can't remember anything. Was, was, he, reason, was, he, was he actually there? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, that uh, hell. That was just a story. Let's not even go around on that. That was, uh, Brew wanted us to tell why the picture was there. So, if you've seen the picture on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, that's where it comes from. My final one for us is this is a fun one. We do the Dusty Man Memorial every year. And I've heard about this now for two straight years because the Newmans can't seem to make Sunday. It is a very, very competitive rec hockey tournament. And so, James Rogers had texted in going, what is it going to take for us to get back to the championship? Limit defensive zone faceoffs, less grain diesel for Nate, more ice time for Rogers, and he left it with, "Is the team of friends like a VCR in the digital age? Are we just getting old?" And so I go, "What is it going to take for us to get back to Sunday?" I think we need Nate off defense. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our nephew for anyone wondering, Jason's boy, but uh, he likes to. Gypsy doodle and do funny things with the puck, and uh, it ends up in the back of our net. The, the, the funny thing about the entire thing is, is I don't know uh, necessarily what we've really changed. When we won the uh, very first year, we have had very close to the similar team every single year since that year. Um, I think every other team has just stepped up the game, right? Like, and I mean. I don't know. Probably we run our mouth a little bit, uh, but uh, everybody, everybody seems, does. Everybody seems everybody to, does. to play us very, very tough. Too, oh, right? I, so. If you sit and watch the tournament, the Wranglers aren't playing the Mans easy. The Mans aren't playing the Wranglers easy. This year, the Broncos were in. Uh, and, and team. And the hit, uh, well, the alumni team the alumni this year, team. right? Nobody plays anybody easy because everybody knows everybody, and it's just a very clean, competitive tournament, right? But... I've heard about it now for two years. That's heck why I'm getting the text about it. How are we going to get back to Sunday? Uh, I, I find it interesting about Rogers because I find he reminds me of a guy I coached at Junior B. You know, the guy <laughs> in Junior B in practice, man, he would hit everybody and he was miserable, right? Then you get in the game, you couldn't f- figure out where he went. And, and you watch Rogers at noon hour hockey and he is jamming the pucks. And the worst the goalie is, he is driving through the net and he thinks he's... The, then you get out in this Dusty Man tournament. I didn't even realize he'd been playing last year. Oh, you know? yeah, I guess that's a shot across about James Rogers. You know, James, you know what, guys? Have to I, pick I, it up here. I think Jay touched on the solution. Maybe Jay should be coaching. Ooh. <laughs> well, ooh. I'll tell you what, at that, what, what's happened with that Dusty Man in my mind is, is it started off... You know, quite a few years ago now, where it was kind of like family and friends, and everybody put their teams together. And then, of course, you know, we won it a couple times, and then the Wranglers, so the Mavs, well, they're going to win, right? So then everybody just starts to ramp up slowly. And now you got to where Dustin's probably not wrong, where I look around and go, I don't even know what I'm doing out there anymore. Like, it is. And so, for anyone not around the area, the Dusty Man is a a wreck hockey tournament. It happens in October. 
And there's two divisions. This year there's three. There's an A, a B, and a women's this year. The A is about as competitive as it gets. And what you win when you win it on Sunday is a trophy with your name engraved on it, right? It's a huge bragging rights thing. And the same... For the community. For the community. The same uh, um, group of teams have been in it since the beginning. The Mans, the Wranglers, the Newmans, uh, the Hitmen in some sense. Right now it's the alumni. And then the Broncos are uh, uh, part of the Wranglers, right? So the same five teams have been in it since the beginning. So everybody knows everybody. Everybody, for the most part, has won it, minus the alumni. And well, I guess in the Broncos now they won the B side last year, and then it got pulled up, and uh, it's just become this huge tournament that everybody looks forward to. Well, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, this. are we going to have to pull in like gonna, Wade Red and see if we can pull in an ex NHLer to come? I'm going to say this because uh, Bert has told us that he is no longer uh, going to be on the team uh, after this last year, so I'm going to blame this all on Bert, and obviously we need a goaltender. That's going to be, I'm going to say, what our problem was, was Bert the goaltender. So, Mr. Bill Cavalry <laughs> sitting right beside me. Uh, Mr. Uh, Toronto alumni here. I don't know, maybe we need to make a few phone calls here. So, It's, uh, it, it's, it's a great tournament, right? And um, it, it's, it's a quick tournament. You know, it's in the Never Sweat in the 35-plus division. It just becomes everybody, everybody out there. And it just gets better every year. And... Uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see where where it goes because we've gotten older and we've enjoyed playing where it's family and friends and um, I don't know. Cool. Well, we'll leave it there, boys. I want to really appreciate. It. I really enjoyed this uh, first ever. Hopefully, not the last brothers uh, Newman Brothers Roundtable. Um, if you're listening, uh, you can find this on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, just take a take a quick peek. Like the, I know I've been getting questions on where you find it on your your iPhone, but there's a purple icon called podcast. You just search Sean Newman podcast. You can pull it up right there. It's free. It's simple. Um, and then next week, uh, I thought I'd mention that we're gonna have uh, Garrett Tepper on. He is the owner of Fight Farm in town. We're gonna talk a little jujitsu. Obviously, me and two of the brothers have been doing some jujitsu, and we'd like to pull the fourth out and maybe mess him up a little bit. But we're gonna talk about some some jujitsu and then the fight farm and just what's going on with that and um once again thanks for listening and thanks for coming out boys thanks for having us